welcome to Road to Blake Street Banter. Third time's a charm, right, Tyler? There we go. We're <laughs> how, rolling. <laughs> how are we doing today? I'm I'm excited. So I think there's two weeks since we did one of these and needs to, you know, be a regularity. Yeah, we just got done talking about it just like literally two minutes ago about how our time and our it's so precious and we can't find the time to do this and then last week was one of those weeks for all of us like james is moving right now like he was preparing for that moving last week and now he's moving right now um we had our stuff so jam-packed 45 minutes we're just going to talk about this week not get you caught up on last week you had the newsletter to read you had your time to get caught up so let's just jump into it that's so much to talk about let's just let's just have fun with it huh Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs> Colin Simpson is our player, my player bio, Spokane Indians catcher. He just looks like a good fucking time. Like I keep seeing clips <laughs> and dude, man, is five foot nine, 230 pounds, stocky, burly dude that you would not want to see in a back alley. And he's out here doing backflips, getting on the on the uh, wakeboard. I saw him doing some weird moves out there, just like an athletic dude. I guess he did gymnastics when he was younger. Uh, Spokane Media, probably a week or two, like the news affiliate up there, did a nice little story on him. I couldn't find it. I tried so hard to find it real quick, um, but it's like two minutes of just who is Colin Simpson, and it's incredible. Uh, but 29th round out of OK State in 2019 is ranking right now. Um, let's see if I can get Mike real quick on it. Um, ranking right now in Spokane, had a fantastic week last week. I think he was one of our fire performances in our newsletter. Um, yeah, 600 batting average last week, almost a two- 0. 0.0 OPS, one homer, three RBIs, 1K uh, on the seasons, 349 with three homers, 10 RBIs, an OPS above one, 1. 1.091. So Colin Simpson, <laughs> don't sleep on him. He had a nice year in Fresno last year, and he just looks like a good fucking time. So Colin Simpson doing his thing up in Spokane. He's just going to stick around. Like He's had some times where we're like, oh, Colin Simpson, he's kind of falling off right now but then he'll turn it around like before you know it and he has a week like he just did where he almost is a 2000 ops and so I, I think he's one of those that'll just you know be around in the minors and do work every time and hopefully you know bring bring some good joy to the clubhouse i, I think that's kind of what it's all about down there in the minors just keeping keeping everything on the rails and i think he'll do that uh but yes, my player bio for this week case williams very fitting to talk about him this week. He's had two really good starts back-to-back. -back. 11 innings in his last two starts, just one run, 15 strikeouts, I believe just four walks in the 11 innings. So wow. he's on track. Like, this is a guy who started – like, he was drafted in the fourth round in 2020 out of Douglas County High School. So we all know he's, like, the local guy. He went to high school, like, an hour, an hour and a half from Coors Field. Um but as a teenager, he just could not get it done. I think that was sort of to be expected. I, I felt bad for him. He was thrown into the gauntlet. I don't think he expected to be, you know, drafted and to sign into pro ball. I think he was planning to go to college uh, and develop there. But, you know, he's finally getting himself set up. So I think he's probably happy <laughs> that he's now having this opportunity and rolling with it. We all know he was traded at one point 
for Jamison, Hannah, and Robert Stevens. <laughs> and then traded back. Everyone hated this. Traded back with Noah Davis for Michael Givens. Looking back on that trade, like we're not going to dive into that, but we love Noah Davis here. He's good. He has amazing stuff. Case Williams, if he can put it together, we got two starting pitching prospects for half a season of Michael Givens. I think that that trade has kind of turned out all right for us. So, And remind me, is, is that a Breitage or a Schmidt move? Um, those are Schmidt, right? Both were Schmidt. Yeah. I think both were Schmidt. So, I, yeah. Just add that to the list of Billy Schmidt building up his resume. But I agree. Noah and Case, good, two good prospects with, you know, a nice little ceiling. That could be three, yeah. four, three, four starter down the road, long time down the road. We're still a ways away. But yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And there's got to be some pressure on Case Williams, right? Your fourth round, your, your home team drafts you. You're 18 years old. You thought you're going to college, but then you get the call from Colorado. Like, I'm not going to turn that down. And then you have that pressure building up, like, as an 18-year-old. I'm, I'm sure the mental yips were part of that first season here with Colorado. When the crazy thing is this is, like, his third year since being drafted, and he's still 20. Like, he's not going to turn 21 until the beginning of next – or before next season in February. So – like he's 20 years old. That's below the average age in low A. So he's, he can find himself on a great track, you know, back to, you know, a big league trajectory. Age is huge. And so being 20 and doing what he's doing, uh, hopefully he can keep doing what he's doing. Uh, that would be fantastic. Right. Right. Um, you know what else is fantastic? We had two player of the months in the Colorado <laughs> Rockies affiliates. Stop sleeping on the affiliates and the prospects, y'all. Stop it. I mean, we all know about Ezekiel Tovar just absolutely crushed. And it, this is old news. And I told you we wouldn't talk about it. But God damn it, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Player of the month, Ezekiel Tovar. For that month of April, 333, 422, 639 slash. If you add those last two numbers, it's above one just for the record, five doubles, one triple, five homers, 14 RBI, seven and seven stolen bases in 19 games. Ezekiel Tovar, remind me, 20 years old, 21? I think, is he still 20? Mike, Mike, we need you, Mike. And then still 20. (laughs) He's still 20. 20 had what? A cup of, a cup of Joe in Spokane last year. Like, dude, he's it, man. He is. He is it. The irony there is I was just praising Case Williams for being 20 in low A. Right. Tovar is in double A. Like the average age for a double A player is like 25. Yeah. 24, 25. <laughs> he is the best player in the league thus far. It's incredible. There's absolutely no way. So I know all these new rankings are going to be coming out soon. And you had this down on the rundown a little bit down the road. We're doing it right now. The big rankings, 100 top 100 prospects usually they reevaluate it like mid-season usually around the all-star break what where you know Tavar is going to make it he's going to be the top 100 but where do you put him is he going to be top 80 top 60 like where do you think you're putting him I mean for me it's tough like for me because I I put these guys under such a fine microscope like I, and I don't quite look enough at every other team and, you know, their breakout prospects. I, you know, I don't think it'd be ridiculous if he ended up firmly in the top 50. It'd be a big jump because he's probably, you know, 
at this point coming into the year was probably in the 150s range, like, you know, on the radar of some top 100 list. But like he could jump 100 spots and land in the top 50. I like he does everything so well. And the, the crazy thing is the play discipline this year has really taken that next step. That was the only thing really dragging him down is like, you know, he's not going to walk. He's not going to strike out a whole lot either, but like he's just not going to walk. I think his walk rate is, is a bit over 10% this year. Everything's going speed, great glove scouts fucking love shortstops that are good defenders. So like Tovar has a chance to go top 50. That would be awesome to see. He might, he might end up the top prospect in the system on like a national level. They, they might put him ahead of Veen. So we'll see. Yeah, that it's going to be, that's going to be something to watch. Like again, our prospects are something, I mean, do we okay? So put it in your your little bubble. You being the prospect guru, does he jump a Benny Mont, a Drew Romo as a top three Rockies prospect? Yeah, I think those guys kind of for sure. And if you look actually at my my handy dandy prospect list, which I updated last weekend, I had some time. I was like, I'm gonna mess around with this. I put Tovar in at number two because, like, seeing what he's been okay. doing. It's like he has a safe floor, but the ceiling is still so high. Like he has a Trevor Story ceiling, and that's not ridiculous. Like you know, ridiculous in any way. Like he basically is reminding a lot of us, I think, right now of Trevor Story. The power, the glove, the speed, the hit tool is kind of that one question. Like how how great is he going to be as a hitter? And I mean, if he is like as good as he's been in Double A, like keeping it up through the through you know to Triple A, and then into the big leagues like we're looking at a trevor story clone and And absolutely love that yeah it's crazy (laughs) and for all you listeners that are right sitting here right now and saying shut the fuck up you guys this is a small sample size (laughs) it is a small sample size it is one month but it's a fantastic month and he built this up it's not brand new and like it's not out of nowhere you go look at his numbers in Fresno last year. It's this is something that was kind of expected, but not this expected. So you shut the fuck up, not me. Uh, <laughs> in spring training too. Like yep. in spring training, everyone was like, "Wait, can we maybe see Ezekiel Tovar like break camp with the Rockies?" Did he and win the prospect of the camp award thingy? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but he he won that. And I mean, some people have won that. Like Stephen Cardulo, I'm pretty sure won that. And it's like. You know, Stephen Cardulo no longer in the organization. Like, we know it's not, you know, the the backbreaker, like, gut your, you know, breaking down the door. But, like, he was the best player in spring training. <laughs> and now he's doing it in double A, so. It is still something. Awards are awards no matter when, when and where you get them. So, Tovar, definitely Tovar season, hashtag Tovar season. Uh, the other Rockies play, minor league player of the month, uh, pitcher of the month, it was Luke Taggart. Um, was named the Rockies uh, Pitcher of the Month, friend of the pod, uh, three weeks, four weeks, probably dropping out, humble dude from Oklahoma uh, or Texas, everything that you would assume about a Texan, his demeanor was about a Texan, hard work, barely likes baseball, he wanted to keep playing because he wanted to be good at it. It's way more fun to be good as you'll hear. And dude, man, undrafted free agent comes out of nowhere, skips low A, um, goes straight up to high A, pitches 11.1 innings in April, gets two saves, striking out 14 while holding opponents to an 0.083 average. 
he only allowed three hits in those 11 innings. Um, and a fun little tidbit being, you know, the inside guys that we are <laughs> giving you the extra, extra read all about it stuff. He let us know that he got a Lululemon gift card with it. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of silly. He did not tell me the amount. I did not press, but I did not expect a gift card to come with the award, but it is with the award. And the fact is Lululemon, it's weird. I don't <laughs> Like, it's just goofy. Uh, but Luke Taggart is going to be comfy while he is grooming his beard, that's for sure. Uh, it's just two guys that we had to talk about. There's no way we'd let that go. Yeah, and that was, jumping back to Tovar, that was enough Tovar content to last you, like, a month. Um, but I'm very glad we were able to just fantasize about his, you know, pro- his, him as a prospect. So, yeah. those two guys, though, just terrific start to the year. Luke Taggart, he's, he's working his way up on on radars like dude hasn't a lot of run in his pro career yet like keep keep all in luke taggart we want to see absolutely absolutely incredible and just a humble good down there dude too i always love that part of it too um so i mean we talked really high i want to i want to talk about concerns um so there's a few names on here and one affects the big league club a little bit. I think we can talk about that real quick. And then we'll dive into some of these other names. Um, Colton Walker. So injured again. I'm not quite sure how long his timetable is, but this guy just seems to get all the bad luck. Like it's two or three seasons now where he's maybe had a total of 100, 150 plate appearances at bats. And I'm yeah. probably way low on that. I'll get yeah, Mike I mean, on it real quick. Kind of- on the, the money there because of 2020 and then 2021 he missed 80 games for peds who knows if that was even like maybe he didn't know that was going to happen maybe he took something that he you know wasn't sure was going to have him banned i don't i don't know the details on that but and now he's got you know the eye infection and this is a shoulder i believe right yeah or, i think it's not his eye. I know that. I'll look it up. But <laughs> the eye um, is still happening, but this isn't the eye. <laughs> uh, 200. He has less than 200 plate appearances between 21 and 22. And, and then, I mean, yeah, if you include 20, all right? 2020. So, like, he has not gotten to play a lot of baseball lately. So, how do we feel about that? I mean, from a prospect's perspective, I mean, this guy has been the kitchen sink for a while. He is one that we were all excited about one that was supposed to really prove himself this year. But at what point do we kind of see what the trade market's like? What kind of, can we get a left-handed reliever for a Colton Walker? Like how much longer do we play the yo-yo game with Colton? I mean, I feel like you kind of got to imagine that he's been involved in some trade discussions over the last few years. Like the Rockies have got to know they have a log jam at first and third base, like the kind of lumping those two positions together, which, you know, Welker can play both. None of these guys are going to get to play. So Welker kind of has to have been in some trade talks and he's really working himself into that afterthought status at this point. Like, you know, he's going to have to be the guy now to, to work his way back up. Like he was great in the lower minors, you know, good in double A, you know, has done some things in triple A, but now it's like he's behind Montero. I don't know about, I mean, Valade we'll talk about <laughs> in a sec, but you have the guys at the big leagues, McMahon, Crone, Connor Joe, like those guys aren't seeding any playing time. 
and you know now Montero has entered the fold so it's like when does he even play so it's it's just gotten to be a weird situation I think they'd be better off kind of sending him somewhere where he's going to get to like you know go to home plate with a bat on his shoulder uh like it's just not going to happen with the Rockies yeah and I I mean I hate trades and talking about another man's job, but at a certain point yeah. <laughs> at your professional baseball team, I was having this conversation with a buddy last night. Like, what point does loyalty and all that kind of stop? When's, what's the breaking point? And the Rockies are trying to find that right now with Billy and doing that, but it's just Colton. I'm not sure. And he, he was producing a little bit this past this year when he was on the field, but it's still just not there. So just something to watch out for. He's on the seven-day shoulder injury IL, so he should be back soon. So we should have answers to that, uh, which is something to watch out for. Another question I was having a conversation with the buddy about was the strikeouts. So the whole three true outcomes, we have big prospects, big guys that have big K problems. One that comes to mind is Michael Tolia. Not a surprise to him, not a surprise to anybody else. Um, so far in 103 plate appearances. <laughs> oh, no. Plate appearances. He has 41 strikeouts. So we're at a 40% K rate. And I'm trying to do my mental math to make sure that's right, because that seems not super it. high. 39.8 is the... Yeah, 41 of 103. Yeah, because we do a plate case divided by plate appearances. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 30 is really high. 30 is kind of like you see a guy in the big leagues with a 30% K rate and you're like, like super you're high. Joey Gallo, you got some issues. And even Joey Gallo like has some issues. He can be really inconsistent. Um, it's like, can Mike Toglia be Joey Gallo like that? Those are big shoes to fill. Joey Gallo is like the most polarizing player in the league because everyone either thinks he's the worst or the best. There's no in between. And I don't know if Mike Toglia can be as good as Joey Gallo is at what Joey Gallo does. Like it's hard to be that good at hitting home runs and drawing walks at the big league level. Like Toglia is doing this in the minors. So it's like, there's going to be an, uh, you know, an even higher level of challenge. I I'm a little concerned. Uh, he's still producing above average at double a his, his weighted runs created plus, which basically gives you a percent above or below average is at 115. So he's been 15% above the league average in terms of overall production. But I mean, if he could cut the K's down like a bit, like you might see that number jump up five to 10 points. That'd be pretty cool. And that's, and that's my question. Like Joey Gallo is the outlier of the Joey Gallo conundrum, right? He is the epitome of the Joey Gallo. You don't get that from all the time. And to put this in perspective, Sam Hilliard is at a 20. Oh, I just had in a deleted Damn it, Mike. Um, <laughs> like a 20, 15 divided by 58, 15 divided by 58, a 26% strikeout rate right now in the pros. He's not really producing with it. Um, 163 bat average, but he has nine walks to those 15 strikeouts. That wasn't something Sam Hillard's always been good at. He has not been able to walk a lot. Um, and that's something he's worked on. He's gotten better. I mean, nine out of 58, like that's not terrible. Like 15, 13% walk rate mike tolia is at 14 walks something super low and it's just how much can you sustain that as a player 
Now, with all that said, we have all that. From a fan perspective, how much do you put up with? <laughs> like, as a fan of a prospect, how much do you put in to Mike Tolia being a real deal? How can he do this at the professional level? Is this something he can actually get better at? I mean, what, what are you thinking? I just think that was a start this season in AAA. That was a possibility. I don't think you can promote him if his strikeout rate is over 35 and he's not slugging like 600 and he's slugging 443 right now. Just, to, I mean, obviously those numbers are not, you know, true boundaries or thresholds to reach, but like he's not hitting for enough power given the strikeout numbers. And his batting average on balls in play is really high. Like, especially given that a lot of his hits are home runs. Like, basically, most of the time he's putting the ball in play, like, he actually is getting a hit, which is kind of crazy. So it just goes to show, like, just, you know, maybe at the sacrifice of working some counts, just put a ball in play. It'll look a lot better. It'll probably yield some better results. Like, he he does have to – he has to cut this, the strikeouts a little bit. Like, I am a Joey Gallo fan. I think he is a really good player. But, you know, we were just saying, you, not many guys are going to be Joey Gallo. So he's he's got to work on a lot of things. Um, not a lot of things. He's got to work on one thing if he wants to be, <laughs> you know, a true big league potential kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if he is doing this at the, in the, for the Rockies organization in a year or two, and like these are his numbers, these are his stats. Are you happy or are you the angry fan throwing your beer at the TV? <laughs> I like if you took his exact numbers right now and put them up, you know, in the big leagues, I would not be bummed. But it's also like first base, we're seeing what CJ Crone is doing. Like, you know, CJ Crone is not going to get you stolen bases. He has been pretty dang good defensively at first base. But, you know, a first baseman needs to like rake and just do a lot of things um you know ball and play a lot you know you can strike out a fair amount but like you know you don't want to exceed like a 25 percent k rate you want to put the ball and play a lot you want to hit the ball hard a lot and toga does that he hits the ball hard a lot but he doesn't hit the ball a lot so um yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad if he was doing exactly this in the big leagues but it wouldn't be so great either. <laughs> Every day would be different. But, and with that in perspective, he has 11, 20 hits on the year. 11 of them are extra bases. So when he, like you said, when he does make contact, it's going somewhere with power. And there's absolutely no way somebody strikes out at 40% for 400, 500 at bats. That's just, that's impossible. He, yeah. Inevitably. I just don't see that being cut. sustained. Like it's, it's got to cut down a little bit. And I like, I need Mike right now on like his splits. Cause I think an interesting thing when you look at minor league switch hitters is are they just like giving away at bats from one side of the plate? Because you know, it, you have to maintain two swings. So he's not able to do that. And okay. Looking at his splits right now, he's hitting against righties at a seven twenty eight OPS 983 against lefties. So and he's got 35 of his strikeouts against righties versus just six against lefties. Obviously, you know, doesn't have many at-bats against left-handed pitching, um, but maybe there's got to be some looks at, you know, dropping one side. Like, that's kind of got to be in consideration at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, isn't that what Tovar did? He dropped. He was switch, wasn't he? I, I think he was switch, and he dropped, and now he's just specifically. He might have been. And, so, and I think a lot of guys end up like that. Yeah. Like there's a lot of guys, you know, in the big leagues that could probably throw a good swing from the opposite side of the plate. But like, are you going to want to do that for 200 plate appearances? Like, definitely not. So. Yeah, just oh, something yeah. something to watch out for, right? So it's gonna be it's interesting. Um, he's 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 always that fun one. He's our he's our Joey Gallo right now. Is <laughs> how much do you do? Because he hits bombs and he's fun to watch when he makes contact, but it just gets frustrating sometimes. Um, a few others we need to talk about it quickly. Aaron Shunk and Ryan Belade. Shunk top thirty uh, prospects has struggled last year at Spokane got the got the bump up this year uh with our few little interactions he's a fantastic human he uh he gets it he knows like what he's going through um second round pick from 2019 but right now is currently hitting at a 148 clip uh with two dingers 11 RBIs uh not terrible in five weeks uh just for somebody that struggled last year and somebody that's struggling this year, again, concern, concern button, one to five, five being the most concerned, one being least concerned. How concerned are we about Shunky? I, I mean, I just got to go with the five. He's once you have two years like this running, you kind of got to wonder if like there is a coming back from this, like in the immediate, at least, you know, maybe five years down the line, if he persists, through through pro ball he'll kind of put things together but for the immediate future while he before he you know he's he's subject to minor league free agency like I just don't really see him putting things together and I'd love to be proven wrong but that's kind of where I stand right now just quality of contact like hasn't been there for two years so Mm -hmm. it's it's a bit worrisome yeah and the games I've seen him it's just he's missing it it's off just a little bit he's not seeing it as well as he probably should be it's concerning watching him again he has the skill he has that notoriety he knows what he needs to do it's just right now whatever for whatever reason he's not getting that good contact and you can see that in his play and uh, not just the numbers ryan valade uh i have not seen this man play that much uh what do you got on him concerns how are we feeling about him i mean the funniest thing is like i went to an isotopes game I think it was a week and a half ago at this point. He got five hits in the game. <laughs> he has 20 all year. So I went to one of his 22 games and he got a quarter of his hits. Um, you know, there's something there. He still has a fine swing. The one like kind of complaint I have is that he's very like line driving ground ball driven, which is not going to yield the most consistent production. You're going to have a lot of games where you hit, three balls into the ground and, you know, all of them are ground outs. If you could, you know, lift the ball a little bit more, I think he'd be fine. And that's why on, on his level of concern, like I'm going with like a three. I think that he can bounce back the, the plate discipline and just the overall control of the strike zone is good. That is major league level. He gives a great at bat, but his swing is driving balls into the ground and it's a, like you know he's got to tweak that i think that's a little bit of an easier tweak than you know all the stuff going on with chunk though yeah and i i don't think i realized this until this moment right now he's not really a power hitter it's not really his game um it's, it's strange like 
I don't know if that was like a self-driven change in his game or if that was like the organization, you know, made it, made some changes with his swing. But, you know, in 2018 and now in 2022 and almost in 2021, his slugging percentage was, was right, was under 400. And that's like a, that's like baseline. You want to be a contributor at the plate on a regular basis. Like you slug 400. Like yeah. that would be certainly like in question if he got 500 plate appearances at the big league level. Yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah, seven. Yeah, he played pretty much a full season last year, right? It's only seven home runs, uh, 750 OPS last year. So I like his walk rate, right? He has 13 yeah. walks to 13 strikeouts. So he is contact, but is it another Tapia esque type dude or where would? Where it might go that's that's like kind of funny to bring tapia up because i think they're you know the way that they go up to the plate is way different but i think in terms of like what you're the what the result is going to be like they're very he's like tapia except he's going to work you know counts a little deeper but he's gonna you know slap a lot of balls on the ground not going to give you much power so yeah that's, that's kind of funny to think about <laughs> <laughs> tapia with a little bit more i guess <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into, I mean, there's a few positivity, (laughs) right? I mean, we're going to get into it. We got our performances with our affiliates. Um, call-ups and, uh, call-ups, call-ups. He has some call-ups. Friend of the pod got called up. Coco Montez is with you in Albuquerque. Had an average, average first week up there. Uh, the big one that stood out to me is Phineas Del Bonta Smith, uh, friend of the pods, friend. (laughs) Justin Wake um, came in. He had a four out. He had a four run lead with three outs to go in his one in his second appearance for the Hartford Yard Goats this week. Struck out. Uh, struck out the the game ending out. Uh, just good. Another arm barn guy in Hartford. Like if you like bullpens, if you like pitching, you should watch a Hartford Yard Goat team game. Their staff is incredible. It's loaded. Front to back, like, and there's guys in the middle, like Dugan Darnell is probably number 13 out of 15, and he's fantastic. Uh, so, like, just putting that in perspective, there's there's some good arms up there. Um, he was a big one that got called up. Shover, you shove and shove, your guy. He got the call up from Fresno up to Spokane. How did that go for him? He got rained on. <laughs> they cut his they cut his start short after just an inning and two thirds. And, you know, the game was was postponed. It was picked up, I, I think, on Sunday. But obviously, you know, you're not going to pitch on – I think he started on Thursday. So it's like you're not going to start Thursday, you know, take some days and then pitch Sunday. So it, he got sabotaged by the weather. Pretty unfair. but Yeah, yeah just know. shitty. <laughs> like, that would suck. Yeah, Mom, I got the call. Are you going to come out? Yeah, sure. All right, rain. And that was the bad night. That was like tor- funnel – funnels in the sky night like it was bad um so it'll be interesting to see him and joe rock do their thing up there uh it's gonna be fun watching those guys and then the big one your guy i believe it was your guy nope it was a friend of the pod uh k-dubs yeah but kate brown got the call up from the complex to fresno with that you know shaver being pushed up not a great first outing but i mean i would be nervous that's all heck yeah i would be all over the place I mean, so i yeah, i did not mean to jump your train like we've been so negative on this pod but this is one of those where you're just like 
you know, okay, like we see it, but we're not going to put a whole lot of value into a three inning showing. Yes, he gave up three home runs. Do I think that's going to happen, you know, consistently? You know, definitely not. So, yeah, there's no way. He'll be fine. Your corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got you. His entire family followed us on the uh, Twitter. So, <laughs> That was weird. Um, we absolutely love McCabe Brown. <laughs> we do love McCabe Brown. He will be fine. Everything's fine. It's all right. The stuff is huge. So, like, yeah, he's he he actually will be fine. You know? Yeah, I'm not too concerned. It's going to be fun watching him and Victor Juarez go and down in Fresno. Just there's something everywhere. It's so cool. I get, I get so caught up in it, and I never can't keep up. So, all right, let's end it. So, quick hitter around the affiliates. Um Let's start. Let's start at the top. Let's go. Let's get it in order this time because two weeks ago was terrible. <laughs> James was like jumping <laughs> side to side, up and down, each and every way. <laughs> it is shout out James. Shout out James, and I'm gonna say it out loud. It's kind of nice not him not being here and just kind of fucking up the vibe. And James, when you if if you <laughs> this is a test for James, like if you actually even listen to your own podcast. Oh, there we go. You better throw some shade back at us somehow, some way. You have to. Yeah, I need you to say, I need you to say, Aaron, shut the fuck up. The very first sentence next week. All right. Yeah. Let me know you're listening to us when you're not on, or is your ego too big? And that's enough. My James uh slander, whatever. <laughs> Albuquerque. I mean, it's it's Albuquerque, it's triple A. We got prospects, high prospects. We got guys that are just filling up rosters. My biggest question for you and the fans and everybody listening is what do we make of this team? Uh, is it, they go, they're up and down, they get blown out. They score a ton of runs. They, it's just crazy. Like as a team, what they're doing right now, how do you do that? How do you watch that as a fan? How do you take this as a fan, as a fan of prospects, a fan of baseball? It's a wild ride for me, but how do you get through this? Well, I mean, just to self plug like what I do like my university UNM they play you can see you know both stadiums from one you know from the same spot um and I've kind of stopped watching UNM baseball games because there are just some super lopsided performances where like we lose 18 to 3 and then one game you know where we turn that around and win like 18 to 5 that just gets exhausting as a baseball fan that gets really exhausting and that's exactly how the isotopes are it's a bit more controlled you know that's just the nature of pro ball and not division one baseball but you know the game that i went to again where i saw valet have five hits i think that game went finished 16 to 8 like come on that's yeah. a football score that is <laughs> it's football. nuts um so it's fun to watch these the bats like there's a, a lot of guys on this albuquerque team you know taylor snyder we know um sean bouchard coco montes valade montero brian bernard yeah i mean when yeah these guys are all just like hitting and they're getting a chance right now to kind of prove themselves so that's cool but outside of three or really just like yeah like three pitchers it's been a rough going down there for them once again um and yeah those three pitchers deserve a shout out well feltner of course we all know him but then you know we've been talking a bit about the bullpen lately we've seen some struggles at the big league level when do we call on some guys down in the minors and you know jake bird and chad smith ballers certified ballers <laughs> you love yourself a little bird yeah he's he's become like 
my favorite relief prospect in the system. He just, he gets it done. He, and what we heard from, I think it was Nick Bush. I think it was Nick Bush talking about how he is like, you know, stone cold. Like he has the mentality to get by as a, as a major league player. So that's like a big, one of those like intangible things you have to like hear about and not just see. That was, I mean, pair that with what he does on the mound. It's like, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of them lefties? Well, we have, I didn't mention Reagan Todd, but like he's one of those guys that I, I, I want to say we did a player buy on him. I'm not positive about that though, but you know, he's held his own in AAA lefty, you know, low nineties. He, he might, you know, get to the big leagues at some point. I wish there were more lefties at Albuquerque though. Um, yeah. Just in general. <laughs> it's everywhere. Give us, more. Give us all the lefties. I'm starting to train my two-year-old to just throw left-handed <laughs> right now. Just just have the Rockies draft him in four years. See how that goes. Uh, and I, we can't go without saying Trejo, Trejo's doing Trejo things at Albuquerque. Whatever it is, he absolutely dominates the in Albuquerque, that league. And I, I'm going to say, I think it was unfair that he got sent down when all those moves were being made. Like, I, I'd much rather have Trejo out there than, like, a Hanson right now or a Hilliard. When, and Trejo, like, he did do a lot of things where, like, hey, like, I can, you know, get wood on the ball and, and hit it pretty well. And that three-run homer he hit off of Marcus Stroman against the Cubs, like, that, that was the most memorable homer of the season for me as a fan. Like yeah. that game, they were down and out, and then Trejo just hits a no doubter off of a really good pitcher. So I I hope that he can kind of just continue raking in Albuquerque, and then, uh, you know, the second there's a need for him, he comes back and and fills that void. Yeah, I he'll he'll be back. There's no way we don't see him in purple again, and we'll just end it up. Ryan Feltner is still a goddamn G. He just it's I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am hoping the Rockies are just holding on to him. So make him a starter. That's why they're not putting him up there. Like don't waste his time in the pin uh, and just hold on to him and let him actually start games down below as opposed to trying to figure out what to use with him as a utilize him out of the bullpen. But otherwise that man should be with the team, but I yeah. think they're just waiting. I, you know, I don't want to get whole analysis into the Phillies start. Outside of that first inning, it was a really good. It was start. really good. Fantastic start. Like, we saw why Ryan Feltner is, like, thought of well. And I think he's gotten a bad rep because he didn't pitch well at the end of last season and had that first inning. And people are not seeing beyond that that mm-hmm. he's got four pitches that he can use that are going to be effective. Just throw first pitch strikes. Ryan, if you're listening, throw first pitch <laughs> strikes a little more often. <laughs> right and you you love that soapbox you love the feltner soapbox that you can come yeah. on and throw out there i love i love that all right hartford my favorite affiliate to watch mainly because they're on at seven o'clock and i can <laughs> um, but they are a, just a fun team there's so much personalities a lot of friends on the pod i want to say out of like eight 70 of them follow us on the social we've talked to probably about 12 of them so it's just really fun seeing our guys, people we've talked to, do things up there. Um, so it's just fun to watch. I, again, I st- stress it earlier, I'm going to stress it again. The arms on this team are absolutely incredible. Last week, I put this in the newsletter. If you haven't, go to our Twitter. You can actually subscribe at the top of our profile. 
we switch platforms, so it makes it super easy for you. Go ahead and just click that subscribe button on our Twitter, Blake Street Banter, ST. Um, but back to the point, 54 innings pitch, only allowed 39 hits, 14 earned runs, 17 walks to 58 Ks, which all translates to a 1.00 whip and a 2.25 ERA. So you're allowing less than three runs a game. You're allowing one person on base an inning. That's fantastic. So play. <laughs> it's just incredible what they're able to do. And all of them go more than an inning. Whatever Chris Denorfia has in his tea or his coffee or whatever, he wants them to go two innings at least. He wants them to go out there a second time. And they're going up to it. One name that we've never talked about, Calvo, he is electric. He is fun to watch. And he's got a little personality with the two. Gavin Hollowell, dude, you can just go down the list, this list. There's if you so like many. pitching, Hartford Yard Goats have it. There's so much to look forward to with that team. Yeah. And just another shout out. Yeah. Gavin Hollowell, I think. He might be the best relief prospect that the Rockies have had in, you know, a handful of years. Like he is one that I think the second he touches a big league mound, like he's going to make a pretty solid impact and he's going to be pretty consistent. So I, I, I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So yeah, I'm going to get off that soapbox. Just <laughs> uh, Tovar had another game inning uh, hit late innings hunter stovall bunted on base they do that zombie runner down there too uh, so yeah. stovall bunted him over but was made, able to make his way to uh first and then tovar came up two hours later and drove in the guy on third uh just tovar i'm starting to call him lights out turn the lights off tovar because <laughs> just walk off for days with this guy uh so much a good one uh who's who's one guy that you're watching out there in hartford that we should keep an eye on I mean, I guess like Riley Pine, I feel like maybe some people still haven't realized that he's back and like that he's comfortable. I think he's, he's comfortable pitching out of the pen. There's a lot less pressure in the pen. This is still the guy who could throw, you know, mid high nineties with a huge breaking ball. Like, I think that I just want to see him do well because he's been through so much. Like, right. He's, he's definitely a story you root for. Yeah. Like, and it would be, it'd, it'd be so full circle you know, for everyone to have like dropped their feelings on that entire draft class, at least the top of it, and then have Riley Pine like be the comeback kid. Like that would be mm -hmm. really, really fantastic. We've seen, you know, too many pitchers in the Rocky system, highly regarded, you know, Robert Tyler, Mike Nickarak. Those were two guys, two first round picks who did not make it through a ball. Like they did not make it. They retired before getting through a ball. And that's just sad. It, it really is. And not like sad, like, you know, for the Rockies, sad for those guys that like mm -hmm. you know, they played baseball their lives and they did not get to have the career they deserved. You know, so I'm glad Riley Pines defying that. Yes, same, same. Just again, add it to the list. So much. Um, Spokane Indians. <laughs> what a wild week for those guys, man. Ended up only playing three games. And yeah. the most time to talk about, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got half a series. <laughs> and they had to like postpone it. And then they were going to do a double header. And then they got that started. And then they canceled the shaver thing. I don't know. It was like one thing after another is super hard to follow. And like they had to cancel because of all the rain. Um, but 
hey, they won the series 3-0. They swept yeah. it, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, Shel- <laughs> yeah, right? It all counts the same. Friends of the pod, Joe Rock continued doing his thing, one and run in six innings. Um, Shelby Lackey, 1.2, zero runs, two Ks. Grant Levine is showing some pop. I don't think we talk about Levine enough on here, but I feel like his slugging has been really good this year. Um, he's just being like a all around hitter, which I think his first year he was that like his, you know, debut in the rookie league, which is, you know, the rookie league is crazy, or at least it used to be, but he's kind of back to that right now, you know, walking, not striking out that much, tons of extra base hits, lots of hits just in general. So, mm-hmm. you know, Grand Levine, that's why Mike, Mike Togli has got to watch out. <laughs> like I know Grand people Levine keep sleeping. Coming. Yeah, seriously. People keep sleeping on Grant. He can hit. Yeah, it's posting a 288 batting average, 829 OPS right now, 425 slug. And so it's a, it's a pitcher league. It is firmly it is. a pitcher league. Like I think his his weighted runs created plus is like in the 140s. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I think you're looking at it right now. Like, or I I'm, I'm on baseball it. reference. Let's see. I I got it. Um, weighted runs created plus 143. That's yeah. that's really good. Like. A big leaguer with a weighted runs created plus of 143 is like a top 30 hitter. So, yeah. like, he's doing very well. <laughs> Stop sleeping on him. Hopefully he gets that glove, like, close to being league average. Like, that's one of the, his biggest struggles. But, I mean, dude rakes. And he hits. He goes opposite. He pulls it. He drives it. So, Grant Levine. Yeah, there's a little Grant, Grant Levine uh, note. Mike Ruff, who <laughs> just Mike. the recent graduate Mike Ruff. I saw he graduated college like yeah. two days ago. Was that it's cool as hell? Which school was it? Florida International, I think. Let's get Mike on it. Um, but, I mean, he graduated. He also, I think, had his first walk of the season. Like that's no, but like it, that is a highlight of how amazing his season has been. Twenty nine strikeouts and just one walk so far, and yeah. twenty three and a third. Like. He is pitching extremely well. He's he's gonna get that double A call up soon. Like you have to, you know. He's twenty four. He's not like old, but he's not young either. Like he'll be in double A soon. But him and Joe Rock right now are, you know, an incredible duo at the top of rotation. And then you toss in Will Etheridge, who you know, I think Rockies fans are probably familiar with because he's had some appearances on like the MLB top thirty list. You know, he's had a solid twenty three and two thirds innings. It hasn't been amazing, but like he's a guy who just like manages contact and he's done that this year. So Spokane pitcher. I mean, we talked about Hartford a lot, especially with Evan Shaver joining the fold. Like Spokane mm-hmm. has a pretty, pretty filthy pitching staff right now too. It, it's all over. We have things to look forward to. I keep saying that. Yeah. We need to, I mean, we need to come up with a good duo name for <laughs> rough rock. Oh my God. Now I, it's funny. Cause I was doing the newsletter this morning and was like, how can I do something that's not just like stupid? Like it actually is meaningful because it, it just seems right. Like there's something there. Are, there is like, you just know there's something there, but like you have to kind of do some thinking on it. If you guys have any thoughts, we have to hear them. We need an Evan Lang duo nickname. Here. <laughs> um, that would, that would be great for these guys. Um, all right. End it here. Fresno. Fresno was on a seven game winning streak. They won the first game of the series. They swept last week, seven games, win streak, whatever it is, they're figuring it out. Uh, Yankee L Fernandez came back after a week off with some so- shoulder soreness and tripled and 
I did not realize how big he was. <laughs> Yankee yeah. Fernandez is a giant human for what 19 years old. I, I think he's 20 now, but like still, he and he has a long way to grow. Like yeah. he, he's gonna hit the ball a long, long way when he is fully grown. Like it's, it's kind of scary to think about. I saw him up there like damn that <laughs> was crazy and then warming Bernabel oh five nice. doubles last week I mean I think he's past warming up we need to move on past that he's yeah, here yeah. he's breaking boiling <laughs> boiling yeah boiling war, boiling Bernabel <laughs> perfect okay that's his new, that is his new nickname is just boiling Steven, um, Steven and uh, Johnny Bravo. I need you guys to listen to that, put that into your that, broadcast. <laughs> we need that trademarked. We need that rolling. <laughs> and Juan Guerrero, he's he's a good hitter. Yeah, like, they've got was, a lot of good hitters down there. I finally got to sit down and watch the Fresno game because, I mean, they're on at 10 o'clock here. And just watching them, they hit and they have a presence about them. They, they know what they're doing and they're showing it. So really cool to see those young guys who are in our top 30 prospects doing things um and victor juarez he was your one of your guys the offseason got to see his start his stuff is it's good it's really fucking good because i haven't gotten to watch him much this year but i saw i've seen a couple clips that you've posted and i look at that fastball and i'm like wait what like that thing is is rising in the zone and that i mean that me and and Mario, um, we talk a bit on Twitter about what the Rockies pitching is doing. And they do not, I mean, it's kind of weird because they don't like the guys with that like rising fastball, or at least they don't, you know, target those guys. But that's what the the modern pitcher pitcher is. That is the like, you know, formula for the modern pitcher is just have that rising fastball. Because hitters, you know, their eyes just do not catch up to that. And he's, I think he's still 19. Like he is a teenager playing mm-hmm. against a bunch of like 22 year olds and he's kind of making them look silly yeah <laughs> it it's cool i love when those young guys come out of nowhere and just said hey i'm here hit and it this. speaks on like the just that team you know their rotation is amazing we talked yeah. about Kate williams um you know there was the mccade brown struggles that you know brian castillo you know wasn't great but we had evan shaver start the year there and it was just you know flames Colin Kafka has been pretty Kafka has been good. Pretty good. My guy is Mason Green. He was, I think, a 12th rounder last year. He's been really, really good. And to kind of wrap up here, we started, we started this segment, this last segment in there's not that much pitching. The three levels absolutely loaded to the brim with pitching. And like Chris McMahon and Sam Weatherly are not even us, like they're injured right now. Those are two of the best prospects in the system. And they're not even playing and each affiliate below AAA is loaded on pitching. So that just shows you in the next two years, like those guys are moving up a level or two or maybe three. And yeah, you're going to have a lot of upper minors talent that is just going off. And don't forget about Hecularis uh, Olivares. Oh, yeah. He's he's rehabbing too. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And yeah, McMahon and Weatherly are about to get on the mound and start throwing. So a lot of good things happening there. All right. Final note, just got news. Uh, Frank Duncan, I just, I don't know why I didn't see it earlier, has been, is on to the IL, uh, which makes sense after his terrible outing last time. And the Rockies, I think, made a move to kind of combat that by signing Riley Smith, formerly of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks with a hyphen. Um, <laughs> he's 
what do you know about Riley Smith? I am not much, I'm not very well versed with this guy. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know anything about what he has done really. Well, at least what he does is, is how I should, uh, how I should phrase that. But he did have a pretty respectable 2020 season in the big leagues, 18 and a third, 1.47 ERA in that time in the big leagues. Uh, so like, there's something there. He struggled pretty, pretty severely in 2021. In the minors, he had an 8.6 ERA. With the big league club, had a 6.01 ERA. Uh, just pulled up his MLB or his baseball savant page. His fastball is in the mid 90s. So you can kind of gear that up to like 96. Uh, throws a changeup and a curve too. So there's something there. I, I think he's a decent guy to throw into your AAA rotation and, and just kind of see where that goes. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, right? It doesn't hurt. Um, all right, sweet. That's that, guys. Oh, I did want to mention two things. I'm so bad at this. Um, Spokane <laughs> Indians are also hot. I missed it. I wanted to say it. It's in the newsletter, so I would have got to it. But they have won 13 out of their last 17 games. So it's rainy and cold up there. I think it's – I snowed on one of their games, too. That was the other crazy thing about in Spokane. It started snowing at the beginning of one of their games. <laughs> um, but they're 13 to 17, so they're warming up up there. Just – I mean, if you have Drew Roma and Zach Feed, along with Eddie Diaz, like there's a lot to watch up there. And then I need the Rockies to do what the Giants did. The Giants called up a Jason Krizan, dude, a minor league journeyman, 31, 32 years old. He got the call, got a hit, and it, he was sent back down. But <laughs> I need the Rockies to do that with Winton Bernard. Yeah. They have very similar stories, very similar paths to – where Winton wants to get and Winton is raking just fucking call him up let him play man just yeah, let him do it. it he deserves it he's a fantastic human his mama's badass too check, <laughs> check the newsletter and it's just I, I want Winton to get that shot anyway we'll end it there anything for the good of the cause go rocks minor league affiliates Woo! you dick <laughs> thank you for watching and listening please check out our link tree for more content so what's up with the Rockies bullpen well when we last saw our hero Lugan Darnell turned into a grizzly Lugan Darnell turned into a grizzly last year He's a ride and a pitcher man, all the way from Michigan. Played short then third, now he's up up on the mound in Spokane. Luke and Darnell, we wish him well. Yeah, we hope he comes in as a toe, or a Connecticut guard go.
that is for the theater. Hope to see you in one of the places. Any of the places. Okay. I hope that expression is also for baseball, not just the theater. Dude. So is that for theater or that's for sports and theater? Break your legs? Yes. <laughs>